You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Lion Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Kevin again from Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. And I am happy to welcome you to a new episode. Uh, I have a special guest this evening, uh, Miss Frida Funny, and I just want to welcome her and, and, and say, hey, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited about having you, whether you know it or not. But I, I'm excited about you because I, I know you, I've worked around you, and I love your energy. You know what I'm saying? I love to hear your different perspectives. And so I invited you to this platform because I know you have a, a, a powerful message. I know you have a powerful perspective and I just want you to relax, kick your shoes off, right? And let's just chop it up a little bit. That's cool? Sounds good to me. Cool. So if you don't mind, start off by, uh, you know, telling our, our listening audience a little bit about yourself, your education, your your family, your career, whatever it is you think we need to know. So I was born and raised here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, along the Grand Strand. I'm 30 years old, and I am engaged to an amazing um, guy named Chris. Um, growing up here in Myrtle Beach, I've always been a part of the community, willing to inform the community about what's happening, how to stay informed, just, just being involved. And uh, I went to Myrtle Beach High School, graduated 2010. Later went on to Charleston Southern University, where I originally wanted to be a, a, a student, not a student trainer, but a trainer, athletic trainer, and that did not work out. And um, upon returning home, my grandparents began to get sick. So I went to Ori Georgetown Technical College for digital arts. And, you know, just networking with people has really taken me a long way. And, and my energy has really gotten me to a place where I'm kind of happy to be at. Okay, that's what's up. So let me ask you what what you know. You said you like to to be the person to make sure people are informed. And where did that come from? You know, what I'm saying, did you just wake up one day and you're like, "Hey, I want to be that person." You know, what I'm saying, what? How did that passion come about? I'm really not sure. So I grew up with my grandparents, always being in the church, always being around people always having to attend conventions and conferences and meetings and things of that nature. And I was always the youngest person there. So, you know, you'll stay at the church for Bible study and talking. And I just was always amongst older people. So in knowing that I was able to gain a lot of knowledge and wisdom, and I wanted to make sure that from people, especially my age, they was receiving the information that I found was important because the people that were in these rooms were making decisions and I was always the youngest person. So I think that's where it kind of came about. It's just me being around older community members. And I can agree with that. It's something to be said about being raised up about around older folks. Uh, I was too, you know, and um, older folks, they, they, they see it different, you know, um, but they, they, they believe in being, the, the term is decent and in order. You heard that before? 
Absolutely. Decent and in order. And and they would say things like, Kevin, a humble child shall taste the grace. A boasting child shall die a curse. You know what I'm saying? They would, they would, you know, I mean, things they would say, hey, be careful to the people on the way up because you're going to meet them same folks on the way back down. Uh, I'd rather have friends than money. You know what I'm saying? So many things that the older people would say. Um, so I could see how you would you would gain a lot of wisdom from from just being around older folks. Uh, so being an African woman today, being an African-American woman today, uh, what drives you? You're high energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you, you do your inner profession. Uh, that you really didn't talk about, where you're going to pull it out. Um, but what drives you for towards excellence? Um, what drives me towards excellence is, again, I have to give credit to my grandmother. She was a, a woman of God. She was a leader. And she believed in doing everything, like not half, not half doing anything. Um, most people say don't have to ask do anything, but mm-hmm. she was a woman that said, if you're going to do something, keep your word and do it right. So for me, um, and especially being a young black woman, I think it's, it's that I've been around so many people my age that have passed away. Right. And it's like in that time frame, what legacy were they able to leave behind? Um, and I strive to do things in a way that people will remember me. Um, that even if I'm not physically gone, like from this earth, if someone encounters me, I want them to look back and say, you know, she was kind. She, she tried to help me. She, whatever it it is that I stand for, I want people to take that with them and then pour that back into whatever space that they, they go into. So that's what Mm -hmm. really gets me going is just making sure I leave a lasting impression on people that come in contact with me. Mm -hmm. And do you what? And so, why is that important to you, though? I think it's important because right now we're in a society where people are very selfish, mm. and people are doing things for clout. People are doing things to to just be doing things, but they don't mm. have a why. They don't have a reason for what it is that they do. And my my mission, my purpose is anything that you do should inspire people. It should make people think about the things that they do. It should make them think about the things that they say, but it also should call people to action. Mm-hmm. And if you're on this earth and you're doing things that does not inspire people or call them to action, then you need to reevaluate what it is that you're here for. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, I'm very serious about the work that I do, whether it be photography or working in nonprofit or working in the community. I think it should always be about inspiring and calling people to action. Mm-hmm. So in other words, service. Service. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's funny. You bring that up because about a week ago, I posted something. I shared something uh, that I read, and it was a quote from Muhammad Ali. And the quote was, service is the rent you pay to live here on earth. You ever mm-hmm. heard that? Absolutely. Man. Yeah. That thing hit me hard. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm going to say it again. Service is the rent you pay to live here and occupy this space on earth. And, and I really think um, that if we all got in the posture of service, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter, white, black, yellow, green, tall, old, whatever. 
we'd be better off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's this saying that I like, um, don't just be good, be good for something. Mm-hmm. You got you got talents and you're just using your talents to, to benefit yourself and for self-promotion and this and that. And you're not working towards doing what you're talking about, inspiring people and lifting other people up. You're wasting it. You're wasting mm-hmm. it. So I, I appreciate you talking about service, especially at you know, a younger age, being a young African-American woman, it is important, you know, that we all just serve, just serve. Um, So have you had any challenges in life so far uh, that you can link directly to uh, culture or race or gender or anything? Any any challenges you've had up until this point? Honestly, I have not directly felt the impact um, because of my age, because of my race, because of my gender. And that might go back to service, right? And you say, well, what do you mean? How's that linked to services? Because there was someone before me who laid the foundation for me to even be able to do the things that I'm doing today. Um, People that I've never met, women that I've never met, men that I've never met, a whole nother generation has laid the foundation for people such as yourself and like me to be able to go out and take our energy and continue, you know, carrying that baton. And I think, you know, sometimes people, you know, we try to find excuses on why we can't do what we do, right? Of course, there's going to be roadblocks, there's going to be adversity. But if you make up in your mind, and I'm the type of female that I want to do what I want to do anyway, I don't care what it is, I'm gonna get it done, regardless, it might take me a little bit, but I'm gonna get it done. But I have not um, directly felt that impact. And, and it's because I choose to not let that hinder me. Um, mm-hmm. We, You know, you can blame everybody for something. But if you have the capability to get up, to breathe, to move your limbs, then there should, no, there should not be an excuse for why you can't do what it is that you want to do. Even if it might take a little bit more resources, but you just got to get creative. I'm with you on that. And I, and I totally agree. I mean, my mindset is... It's the same. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can tell me what I can't do. You know what I'm saying? If I put my mind to it, put the grind in, put the work in, you know, I can find a way to make it happen. But do you think that everyone, especially within your age group, feels the same way? No, I don't believe everyone feels the same way. And again, everyone has a different experience. So... There's not to say that there hasn't been forces and things put in place to hinder certain people from getting to where they need to go or for achieving the things they want to achieve. But I believe personally at the same time is recognize those forces and whoever your higher power is, I believe in Christ, you know, ask them to give you the resources and what you need to be able to accomplish those things that you need to accomplish. Are there people still fighting against um, African-American people, women to have the rights to do certain things? Absolutely. But um, my thing is, I don't care what anybody else believe. It only matters what I believe. If I tell myself I'm great and someone else saying I'm not great, well, that's on them. That's their problem. That's not my yeah, problem. Yeah. So but it's just, really, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, hey, trust me, we are the same wavelength, but, but I just think about you know, uh, the younger folks, maybe 
within your age group, right? Say I'm your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Close friend, brother, cousin, whatever. And I understand where you at, but I come to you, I'm like, free. Can I call you free? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm like, free. I need to talk to you, cuz. And you say, hey, well, what's what's on your mind? I say, hey, man, I, hey, I feel you on this positive stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel you, but uh, I don't see the way you see it. Every corner I turn around, I feel like uh, there's a roadblock put in my way, and, and you telling me to pray. I don't want to pray. I don't want. I don't believe in God. Hypothetically, I don't. So how do you how do you help me? Uh, because I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? How do you help me get my wagon out the mud and back on the road and going in the right direction? I'm your cousin. I'm reaching out to you. Uh, I'm within your age group, so we should be able to relate to each other. How do you help me free? Get free. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that's a tough decision because, again, everybody's experience is different. Everybody and I'm learning everybody doesn't have that mindset that I have. Right. So at the end of the day, I have to respect where people are coming from and I have to respect where they're at. And I can only, you know, tell them what I would do. And, you know, for most people and I do have friends, I have classmates who who are in a space where, you know, they don't have certain connections. And I, and I think that goes back to the, the part why I do what I do and why I use my voice to speak up for those that don't have it. But it's like, you know, honestly, taking one day at a time, you know, finding your tribe and, you know, what it is, what are your gifts? And I think once you kind of, you know, ask people, well, what is it that brings you joy? What breaks your heart? And, you know, act upon that um, because there are some days that are hard for people. And it's like, I can't see the light of something. You know, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't even think I need to be here. I don't have a purpose. And it's, it's really respecting people where they're at, giving them grace, and also being patient with people and holding their hand through whatever it is that they, they um, are going through. And then sometimes I just say, I don't even have the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't. And that's the, the honest thing I can say to people is like, I don't have the, the answers, but I'm willing to go through it with you until mm-hmm. we can together and sometimes have not having the answer sometimes is probably the easiest thing right so okay well i appreciate that perspective uh so you said something briefly about gifts right Mm -hmm. what are your gifts number one and number two when did you realize what your gift was or gifts so my gifts are Besides my talents, my gift uh, is having an energy about me. Um, and it's actually taken me a while to recognize that and own it. And um, it's really connecting people, um, inspiring people, influencing people um, to to action, to get behind a cause. And I think I kind of recognized it when I was seven years old. I have this picture um, that's in my grandmother's house. And um, one of my mentors, Jesse Jordan, he asked, what is your greatest quality at seven years old? um, And I said, "Um, loving. And then it said, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it wasn't a specific occupation. It was I want to help people, whatever that Mm -hmm. was. And I really realized that it's okay to brag about yourself um, a little bit. If you got it, you got it. Um, But the thing is not to keep it. It's to give it away. Mm-hmm. So my my gifts is really um, seeing people where they're at 
and just loving on people where they're at, like regardless of their background, their gender, their race, or whatever they whatever they're going through. I just I love humans. Like that's my biggest thing. So that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. And so, you know, as you were talking about yourself, of course, I'm thinking about myself and it didn't come that easy for me. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, it wasn't until I was 40 when I figured out what my gift was, I, you know. And so I can tell you that just like many other people, you struggle when you don't know what your true purpose, because your, 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 your gifts align with your true purpose and your talent, everything. It just kind of aligns. And so I'm out there grinding, doing the best I could, but I never really knew what my gifts were, what my true purpose was. And so you work and you work, but you don't, have you ever just not felt fulfilled? I think we all have those moments of doubt, right? Um, Am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I doing too much? But for the most part, am I doing enough? Right. And that looks different for everybody. And mm-hmm. um, again, like to people my age, we always feel like we got to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And we have to recognize that everybody's journey is different. Um, uh, recently, I don't know if you heard like the rapper Takeoff, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and he just passed. Very mm-hmm. talented person, right? We're talking about gifts and we're talking about, you know, finding your, your passion, finding right. whatever it is. And, and back to the original points, like what legacy do you want to leave? And just mm-hmm. to hear people talking about this young man's gifts that he used music, you know, rap to really change a culture. And he was only 28 years old. And granted, wow. you know, sometimes we say, you know, the good die young or, you know, he, he, he shouldn't have went that way. We can't, we're not the author of people's lives. But if he felt, you know, that he poured out his talent to the world like look at the impact that he's made on mm-hmm. a culture of people my age so his in, in his death it might help people reflect on okay what is it what is it that i'm here to do like how do i find my gifts yeah and again everybody's journey looks different it yeah. might be you find it at 60 you might find it at seven who's to yeah. say but when you do find it make sure that you you pour it out into the world because we just never know what tomorrow holds for us. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Uh, and life is precious, man. Um, wink of an eye. You know, your your world can be flipped upside down. Absolutely. Um, hmm. Interesting. So for me, again, uh, 40 years old, when it hit me, I got it. And it was funny how I got it. I'm riding down the road one day and I'm listening to Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. right? One of his podcasts. I'm listening to his podcast right down the road. And he was talking about your gifts. And he says, if you're out there struggling, you ever been in church and it felt like the preacher was talking to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So on this particular day, the millions of people that listen to Steve Harvey, he went, he wasn't paying attention to him. He was talking to me. I know he was. He was talking to me. So he says, if you're out there struggling and you're trying to figure out what your gifts are, this is what you do. So I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, you know, and he says, your gifts are those things that you do better than everybody else with the least amount of effort. And I was like, whoa, 
I never, you know what I'm saying? I never heard anybody break it down like that before. And so I started thinking and I was like, okay, I got it. My gift is people, you know what I'm saying? Bringing people together, helping people see different perspectives. It's always been that. I just never knew how to identify it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, once you identify what your gifts are, then it's time to really focus in and lean in on them. You know what I'm saying? And we all do that. Just like you said, everybody's journey uh, is a little different, but it's just interesting to hear the fact that you were seven when you knew, you know what I'm saying, what time it was. And and that's great. So tell me about a time when you use your voice to, to speak up for someone who couldn't speak it for themselves. Um, social justice issue, whatever. Just you use your voice and your platform to speak. And why did you do it? So at my previous job, I was very big in, in the neighborhood and I was brought on for a project when it came to a park. And, you know, when I got, looked at the question, um, I was like, I don't know a time I spoke up for anybody. I just be talking on Facebook and stuff. But, you know, in the community, the neighborhood that I grew up in, there's been a park for the longest, right? And the park's never had an update. It's never been remodeled. And it seemed like everything around the place that I love, that I grew up, that actually shaped me, um, was being overlooked. And it's like, look, you know, these, uh, not these people, but the people in this community do not have the time to come to meetings. They don't have the time to, and they've been to meetings, but they don't have, they're, they're burnt out. They don't have the time to sit down and express why they need upgrades to a park. So, you know, recently, you know, good news is that the park will be renovated. And I felt like, you know, speaking up on behalf of people, you know, who who take pride in their community, um, even though they don't visibly show up to things, does not mean that they don't care about it. So I felt good that I was able to say, no, you know, this park needs to be updated. It hasn't been updated in 20 some years, but everything else around it, has been touched and modified. So just to know that my two cents will impact kids in their development has brought so much joy to me, not just by myself, but with another group. I just, I'm very excited about it and I look forward to to seeing it manifest and what this means for a neighborhood and a community. Mm. That's pretty awesome. So at any point, were you hesitant to speak up or you said, oh no, oh hell no. We got to do this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, were you hesitant initially or? You know, because sometimes it's like you want to speak and it's like, well, it does it. Will it really matter? Well, you know, Mm. and and being that I came from this neighborhood, but I also my my, this was my job. It's sometimes it's like, when do you speak up and when do you protect yourself? And, you Mm. know, especially as black people with the nature of America. You know, we talk in our groups, we talk in our our silos, we talk on Facebook, but when it really comes down to using our voices to make change, we kind of get fearful. And I know this this podcast is about uncomfortable conversations, so let's mm-hmm. go there. Yeah. And it's that feeling of I don't want to lose my job. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid if I speak up, you know, I'm gonna get blackballed. I'm gonna, but it's like again, what is the the legacy you want to live uh, or leave. And there was someone before us that spoke up for us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. 
you know, working in certain spaces as African Americans, there's not really a whole lot of us. Yeah. But there was somebody that spoke up spoke up for us to be even able to operate in these spaces. Yeah. So if we don't do it now, then that means what does that mean for the future, you know, ahead of us? So I I was like, oh, do I really need to say something? But I was like, well, why not? I mean, what's the worst that you can do? The worst you can do is not say nothing at all. So I'm just glad I was able to use my knowledge and the history yeah. of the neighborhood to speak up for people who will never be in certain rooms to even voice their opinions. Right. And you brought up a good point about uh, being a minority or being marginalized and uh, either feeling like you don't have a voice or you do have a voice, but you're scared to use a voice because mm -hmm. you got to pay your bills. Absolutely. You got to feed your family. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you trying to live. So they're, they're, you know, it, but is that concern? And I want to hear from you. I know the answer to this, but I want to hear from you. Is that a real concern today? I think it has changed, right? I think if you would have said five years, six years ago, um, most people just, you know, they, they have their head down and they keep going about their business. But mm -hmm. I think we've seen a major shift in society where the minority has, you know, has been empowered. And, you know, I've been in conversations about, you know, well, you know, if I grew up back in the day, I wouldn't have let this out. You know, we always said what we would do and what we wouldn't do. But, you know, there was a point where, you know, people's safety was a concern um, in certain time periods. But today, I think people are using their voice. You can see it now happening in the NBA with, mm -hmm. you know, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving and uh, with Kaepernick. And a lot of these influential, Kanye West is, is getting backlash about speaking mm -hmm. So we're starting to see more people come out and use their voices. Um, but then there's still a group of people who just like, that ain't that ain't my lane. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, everybody can't do it. <laughs> everybody can't do it. And, and and I will say, you know, for real, for real, Kanye West, Kyrie Irving, Kaepernick, what do they all have in common? Well, they have all, money. Yeah, they, they have, have money. money. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. you know. I don't think they worrying about what you know how they're gonna pay the electric bill, their water bill, yeah. where the next meal gonna come from, you know. But I I do believe that things are that things are have changed, and I think they're yeah. changing. What do you think? What do you think caused the change? Just time, you know. What, what do you think caused the change? I think time, and if it's okay, can I go back to the last point you go made back. about go back, please? And I think to your point is. The fact that they do have money does speak volumes, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, if I got money, you know, why should I concern myself with the the problems of the other of the right. the everyday people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and the fact that they do have money, I mean, they still are risking a whole lot their their public image, their you know them being in the spotlight, yeah. um, careers. Uh, just because we think they have money, sometimes those people don't have as much money as yeah. we think they have, you know. But um, to your second point about what do I believe has caused that change, you know, I do believe after, you know, when I was about, I'll say when Trayvon Martin, mm -hmm. the, 
the incident of Trayvon Martin. It was like the seed that was planted. Honestly, it's been way back then. When you're talking about lynchings and mm-hmm. uh, Emmett Till and all of those things, it's, yeah. it's been like an ongoing effect over and over and over and over. And I feel like when George Floyd really happened, mm-hmm. and I don't know why it took that particular incident to really start to see the, the change. I think people just got, you know, got tired, but it didn't, it wasn't our people. It wasn't right. black people, honestly. Right. Right. It was, it was white people um, because we've been living this, still are living these incidents for years. It's in our DNA, honestly. Yeah. But to the people who could help make those changes happen, it started with them. Mm-hmm. Now you see messaging changing in, in, in companies and, they even got black Santa Clauses now with, you know, Latanya's and all of that. So it's like, I don't know how it changed, but yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm glad that as a society, we are seeing that there's not one group of people that occupy this planet. Right. Right. So I'll tell you, yeah. I, I have a spin on uh, the George Floyd murder. You know, um, for me, I, I truly believe, like you said, things have happened. This isn't the first time a tragedy has happened, right? Um, but I believe we, we we talked at the beginning of the show about technology and, and you were prior to us getting on, you was, you know, tweaking your camera. If I don't have this camera, I'm gonna go to this camera. Right. Technology and us being in a global society has, has changed the game. And I believe that George Floyd was murdered in every body's living room. So everybody was traumatized. Whether or not you want to deal with it or not, it was right there mm-hmm. in your face over right. and over. And so, you know, I often talk about humanity and, and how, you know, we lead with other things. We lead with religion. We lead with politics. We lead with the skin color. We lead with sexual identity. And when we lead with those things, we mess it up. Absolutely. You know, and, and instead of we lead with the fact that we're all human, if we don't get food and water, guess what? We're going to die. You know, yeah. if we leave with humanity, I think a lot of times, you know, we'll be better off. We can have conversations. We can get, we can get deeper down the road. Uh, but I really believe that uh, George Floyd being murdered in everybody's living room, changed, it, it just changed the game. You know, and if you were human, you had to blink. Mm-hmm. You had to blink. And so, um, hmm. what social issues are most important to you? Um, really just social issues. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to, like, just spit out some words, it's, you know, literacy. And when I mean mm. literacy, I mean all forms of literacy, right? Okay. You know, health literacy, technology literacy, financial literacy, just, you know, all of those things are are really because without those things, you cannot consume information. Okay. And when people don't have the the knowledge, it it determines the next decisions that they're going to make. Right. Absolutely. If they don't know, if they can't read, if they can't comprehend then they don't know how to prepare for the next thing or what's happening. So I think mm-hmm. one of my biggest social 
um, things that I push for is for people to be informed. And then whatever that information is for you, be able to make decisions for yourself, your family, mm-hmm. your safety, your health, and go um, on about that. And I think that's why I'm so big on my community that I grew up in, knowing what's happening in the most busiest county in South Carolina, mm-hmm. in the most busiest state in America, right. um, which is Horry County. And mm-hmm. the fact when people don't know what's coming down, that is a, a, a threat to a, a group of people who are the most vulnerable. So that is yeah. the biggest social issue that um, I am very passionate about. Well, knowledge is power, right? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So you've been holding out. I'm going to go ahead and pull your Trump card right now. You know, you've been holding out. You know, we, we've been on here and asked you to, you know, talk about your career and your family and your education. And you left something out, something very important. Uh, and what is it? Yeah. Oh, OK. So what you <laughs> left out is that you are a very talented photographer. Absolutely. I love photography. How are you going to leave that out? Well, I mean, we was getting there. <laughs> are you are you passionate about it? I love it. I really mm-hmm. do. And so if you don't mind, share with us, you know, how that passion came about. Where where did that passion come from? I've always um, had a camera. And what I really tell people, how do you get into photography? So I used to, um, Mr. Jesse, I mentioned him earlier. He's my mentor. And he would come pick us up from the rec center. It was called Canal Street Rec back then. It's now Mary Mm -hmm. C. And he would always photograph us and print them out. Mm-hmm. And I just, he gave us a disposable camera. And I just love to see, to be able to capture people's personalities. So then my grandmother bought me a $30 camera from Walmart. And uh, it was like two megapixels. And she was like, why do you need this camera? I was like, I want to take pictures for my space. That is why I really started. Wow. Because I really wanted to show off and show who I was online and let people see how creative I was. And it just stuck with me ever since then. So, Okay. And so you said MySpace? What's what's that? MySpace was a a social media platform in the early 2000s before before Facebook. And um, it stuck with me because I was able to capture families, and, mm. and I still do capture families, but um, be able to document. Um, okay. And with photography, also able to shine a spotlight on issues as well. Right. Um, and capture communities of people. Um, I went through my computer today just going through, and I looked at so many of these pictures I've taken, and a lot of these people are now deceased. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what if I wouldn't have taken that photo? Well, we right. know. Right you know, the impact this person had on our community. So it's just, it's a real passion. It's not about the money, you mm-hmm. know, it brings in really good money, but right. it's being able to freeze time and tell a story. So Freeze time and tell a story. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, have you ever had a life-changing conversation with someone about uh, race or culture? How did it happen if you did? And what was the outcome? So absolutely. So being that, you know, I get a lot of my stuff serviced, I get print work and stuff done. I 
um, I came in conversation and this stuff and it still kind of bothers me and not bother me. It makes me think a lot. So I've encountered someone that doesn't think the same way that I do, especially when it comes to race. And we have a really great relationship, um, you know, but the fact that someone doesn't see things the way I do is like, why? You know, and it, it's enough to get you angry. Like, you know, why do you believe that way? Have someone tell me, well, why is there a BET and, and why is there a, a black, you know, America and all this type of stuff? And it just to the point I was upset. It's like, well, why can't I get this person to change their mind? Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt defeated. It's like, can I not articulate? Can I not persuade? Can I not give examples of why this person should change the way they think? And I was like, you know, some people are not ready to receive these types of conversations. And they may always have these ideas and I have to be okay with that. But the fact that I wasn't silenced about a certain topic um, that made me feel uncomfortable, but also made them feel uncomfortable is like, who never, we never know what full circle moment may come around where that person may say, Oh, it makes sense to me now. So just giving people grace and not being angry with the way people were brought up. As long as you're not hurting me or harming me, we can have this conversation and still lead with love, as you mentioned earlier in our conversation. Hey. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is just leaving, leading with love and giving people the opportunity to grow in their understanding or their non-understanding. So that's important. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, my experience is that we got to keep talking, just like you said, even if someone doesn't see it our way, you you hit the nail on the head when you said, you talked about, hey, maybe they were raised differently. And, and, and that's what we really gotta, we gotta focus on the fact that if we disagree, it doesn't have to be just because I don't like you or I'm evil. We were raised differently. Uh, we have different personal life experiences. You know, we, we may listen to a, a different news outlet or radio station or have, you know, we just don't know. And so, like, just like you said, grace in trying to find out, OK, well, why do you feel that way? Right. You know what I'm saying? And as you talk, the more people talk, I always say the more people listen. And mm -hmm. as we continue to talk, we build relationships. Right. Absolutely. And once we build that relationship, it's like our hands are up. You know, we're, we're on guard initially, but the more we talk, the more those hands go down and then we get in the space in, in where I can say, well, Frida, can you can you really share with me your experience as an African-American woman? You know what I'm saying? And you say, hey, you know, can you, sh you know, but that's 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 how we break the walls. And honestly, Frida, that's why I created this platform, because I wanted to just talk. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of times I've, I've, I've had people on the podcast to talk about plant-based diets, but it yeah. all came back to humanity. I've had mm -hmm. skin care, but it all comes back to humanity. I had a rabbi on last week. We talked about Kanye West and, and Kyrie Irving and what it means to be Jewish. And mm -hmm. I think we just, we need to find a way to talk, not walk away from the table because we're angry, but just sit here, stay in it. You know what I'm saying? We got to stay in it and just keep talking. I think if we keep talking, eventually um, things will get better because I think that is that is our biggest 
weakness, communication. That's our biggest weakness. Yeah, yeah. listening too. Yeah. Um, definitely listening is a form of communication. I think sometimes we miss. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes even sitting in silence and not saying anything to somebody is a form of I'm truly tuned in. I'm not talking to respond, but I'm, I'm really talking to really engage and being intentional with how we choose uh, to engage with one another, I think um, mm-hmm. is so important. And I think that's one thing that I've learned about um, the conversations that I have with people who are, are different. And it's like, you know, it's okay. But to your point, I want to be able to say, if I can't talk to anybody about my idea or how I'm feeling about a topic, I know I can come to Frida and she won't judge me. She won't harm me. She will welcome me with love. We might not agree, but we're going to laugh about it in the end and um, we're going we're gonna to move from it and then we're going to come back and revisit it again and it'll be different. That's what's up. Absolutely. That's what's up. Good. Hey, so we established the fact that you love photography. You've been taking pictures for a long time, ever since yeah. you was a kid. You love photography. Um, I can only imagine. So you, you, you know, it's, it's more than just taking pictures, right? You got to go back and, and I'm sure there's a lot of attention to detail and you have to edit pictures and you got to do this yeah. and do that and make sure the shadow's gone and everything. Right. There's a lot that goes into it. Correct. Absolutely. You got to do some correction after you take the picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I've, okay. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation so far, but I just got to throw a curveball at you. And the curveball is if our country, well, I, you know, I'll go bigger than that. If the globe was a picture, right, that you right. took, that you took, if the globe was a picture that you took, how would you Photoshop it to make it look like? the world that you want to see your kids grow up in? Oh my God. That's a, that's a, um, I used to play softball. So right. I'm glad. You, yeah. yeah. But you you're the photographer, right? Absolutely. So do you not Photoshop? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, okay. Well, Photoshop this. It's a, a really, you know, a question to think about, but I think if I had to Photoshop a world that I want my kids to grow up in, it would truly be a space where people respected each other, regardless of how they decided to live there, right? Um, you know, if I choose to date a woman, if I choose to date a man, if I choose to date someone outside my race, if I choose not to have kids, if, whatever that looks like, where people feel safe and they know when they show up in the world, they'll be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I'm not harming you, I'm not hurting you. And I'm not putting you in um, an uncomfortable situation that's life-threatening. I really want my children to grow up where they can be whoever they want to be. And people look at it like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. And they just live. Right. They live in a space where regardless, like, you just do you. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really think that's how I would Photoshop the world is. Regardless wow. of how you live your life, you know, live it how you want to. And I'll live mine the way I want. Mm. I don't know who said it, but I heard it a lot of times. Going back to the old people, they would yeah. say, live and let live. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's so true, right? And yeah. I'm I'm here to tell you that if you photoshopped and you was able to get that picture just like that, I'd be the first in line. 
You probably be charging. You probably be charging a million dollars a copy. You know what I'm saying? But I would, I would be first in line. I mean, because it sounds like who who wouldn't want to see a world where everyone is accepted? You know what I'm saying for being a human being. So I I, I think you said it really well. And 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 again, when you Photoshop that picture, get back at me because I def- <laughs> I definitely want to get a copy of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, I've enjoyed our time together. I do want you to uh, shout out your your business and tell everybody how they can find you. So how can they find you if they wanted to to use you for a wedding or for whatever headshots, whatever. Talk about what you do. So I am on every platform you could think of. Um, If you really want to find me, I have a website, which is FridaFunny.com. I'm on Instagram, FridaFunny. And I'm on Facebook, um, Free to Funny. So everywhere you go, if you just type in Free to Funny on Google, you're going to find me. As long as mm. no mugshot pop up, we good. But for the most part, you go find me on all these major platforms. And uh, my phone number is there. So if you want to text me, call me, just have a conversation, or go get coffee or whatever. Like um, I'm available. I love to hang out. So, yeah, you can find me on all those different sites, just Free to Funny. That's what's up. Y'all heard that? She said, Google me. Yeah, you will bro, find Google me. me. Google You'll me. Find- <laughs> That's awesome. I'll pop up at the top. That's what I'm talking about. So, is there anything you wanna you wanna leave with our listening audience? Anything we didn't cover that you may that may have been on your mind? Anything you wanna you know, say? Um, the year is coming to an end, and um, I just hope everyone is is proud of the. If you're listening to this, that means you've made it um over halfway through the year, and just to you know, listen to all of these different podcasts and take what you get from it and apply it to your life and just um, finish 2022 strong and uh, prepare yourself for a new year, but also a new day. So, and, and just be blessed and, and live however you want to live. Absolutely. So would you come back? Absolutely. I'll come back. I'll be glad we can talk about anything. That's what we I'm can talking talk about. about. The Cowboys, whatever y'all want to talk about. Please don't mention the Cowboys right now, but we we all right. Hey, so listen, I certainly thank you for your time. I thank you for your talent. I really appreciate you coming on just to just to share your perspective. I think it was a powerful uh, podcast, and and I hope uh, the uh, our listening viewers just really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. So. You've listened to another episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits, where we sit around and we really unpack our bags. We talk about stuff, stuff that impacts race, uh, gender, social identity, just stuff in general, our differences, uh, with hopes that somehow we can move forward together, because that's truly the only way that we can move forward is as, as if we all do it together. So until next time, again, I'm Coach Kevin. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.